Amen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JT Fox Podcast Network. And as you know, we interviewed some of the biggest names, Pacino, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Calvin uh, Klein, Jack Nicholas. Uh, you name it, we probably had to interview a lot of billionaires lately for some reason. Uh, but today is, the, and sometimes we debate the news, but today we have something a little bit different. We're going back from the, the past. Um, what I mean by the past is I remember meeting this gentleman, and I was starting out, and he was starting out, and we both took um, – I don't know if we took a different path, but we definitely took a path that has led us to the top. And I heard him on um, – of uh, for those of you at PBD who have interviewed him before, and I remember listening to a podcast. It was on there. I'm like, God, I know that guy. And, and, and believe it or not, one day I'm going through my messages, and I type in the word Matt. And I'm like, God damn it. I had his number all along. I could have texted him a long time ago as well. So the guy is full of energy. He likes the color green. I'm not going to lie to that as well. And he does great motivational videos from coach once in a while. I didn't notice that, brother. Got to save that money sometimes. He's a massive uh, dude, served their country, uh, one of the top in the insurance industry as well, and a serial entrepreneur now, many different businesses, full of life, full of energy, full of positivity, which was what we know. He's also got a, a great... Uh, uh, sort of an Instagram page that talks about, uh, you know, money smart guys and has interviewed some big names has not interviewed me, but I, I don't know, I, maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll fit to that level. Maybe once I cross the billion, uh, Matt Sapola, welcome my friend. Hey JT, honored to be with you, man. And, and the, to know that you've interviewed all these guys and I'm here too as well to share the platform, share the podcast with you. No, but I like your energy. I mean, I, I, it's it's interesting when you see people from the past and we were just talking about before we got on people that we both knew and were there at, and where we're at as well, um, yeah. you know, to sum up the story very good, you're an insurance guy in Chicago, you do it all yourself, you kind of realize, yeah. hey, you know, I, I need a platform and, and I need to I need to grow something with a team, right? Which ego is a big part of it. You hook up yeah. with uh, PHP Insurance, Patrick Bed David, who I know I've interviewed twice. And all of a sudden, I see you everywhere. I see you on stage. You're kind of like that lead trainer, but it's a network marketing space. So let me get straight into it. You have, if you talk to most people and you say network marketing, they say it's a scam. I don't think it's a scam for one minute. I just think so many people lie about how much money they made. And yeah. you can't find someone has hasn't been scammed. But the idea of you know creating a network is genius. But on the other hand, it's also the network where you're selling a juice for you know for $40, but it probably costs a dollar to make because it's got to go flow down as well. So you probably heard this a million times. Uh, in your opinion, why is network marketing not a scam? Network marketing is not a scam because you st you still gotta you still gotta move. Anybody buys something because somebody said something about it. I mean, social media people are posting restaurants, people are posting whatever they bought, this vacation that they're on, and that in there lies the referral or the word of mouth to say, hey, you should try this restaurant, you should try this recipe, you should try this vacation, you should try this X Y Z uh, you know opportunity. And so when when I'm looking at network marketing, it's it's simply a way for People will say, hey, uh, if I get hired at uh, Merrill Lynch, one of the questions they're going to ask me is, who are, who are some of your rich friends? And they're going to hire me based on my pedigree and my network. And what are they trying to get? They're trying to get into my network. And I'm either hired or fired based on that network or, or lack of production. The thing about network marketing is it's your own business. It's, it's, I mean, you can't get fired from it. You willingly say, I'm going to invest in myself. Now, people that don't understand business, because of the lack of financial education, financial awareness in our schools, they think they get scammed because they bought X amount of product, and that was their choice. They're trying to run from emotion. That was their choice, and now they're salty about it by their decision to take an ownership about it. 
and 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 creating sales from their product, it's easier to blame. So, I but but you're also hypothetically. I mean, you're in a company that did very well that just got acquired um, for two hundred yeah. million dollars. So it, it worked out. But a lot of network marketing companies don't work out, and and the pitch of someone usually very polished like me and you who speak very very well. Um, you know, who got, you know, and in fact, you've done it, I've done it, but there are people that they, they, they're good at speaking. They're probably not good at building the business and, and they're sort of the pitchman for all of that. And the company doesn't work or something happens bad to the company, right? Yeah. Let's say the company that worked out, everything you work for is gone now. So where's that risk? And did that come into mind when you went from, Hey, I I'm doing my own insurance company now, all of a sudden, which is making money, but I'm just working too hard to now joining a network, which wasn't as big back then. I mean, that, that's a very big business risk. What, what was the, the thing that said that carried over? JT, I think the insurance industry has always been some form of non-formal, but yet network marketing type of structure. For example, I'm an insurance company. I need to hire a financial marketing organization that's going to recruit, train, and develop insurance agents. They're going to hire a general agent. That general agent is going to hire some sub-agents. That's a, that's a network right there. There's different, that's multi-level. There's multi-levels of 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 level of, of ownership, of mid-level managers and VPs, and actual sub-agents. The challenge with though the traditional insurance industry is that your, your insurance agents, as they grow mature, because they're taking on the mentorship that you've been providing them, they get more mature in the business, they start making more money, they want to rise up, they want to get promoted, they want the higher contract levels, and sadly they leave. And I experienced that when you when you and I had met at that real estate conference, I built a I, I built a sizable word of mouth reputation in Chicago by being the insurance guy that helped originate 20 or 30 loans a month for Wachovia. Because the real estate investment strategies. So therefore it would it can expand the real estate portfolio and the liquidity was established inside the life insurance policies was a financial strategy I I I, I cut my teeth on. And so that got that, that got around. And so I was like, you know, uh, I don't remember um, Ryan. Uh, was it Ryan Stuman? Yeah, he had the Chicago Real Estate Investment Club. So I'll be out of these different chapters. I'm like, oh, I wish I could be in this part of the city, this part of the city, all in the same night. But I couldn't. I'm like, how do I how do I get in four different places all at the same time? Having a network marketing type of platform and, and structure allows me to confidently, securely and safely recruit people into my network and if i'm at a certain level and they're at a certain level a network market structure says well you still override that we're in a traditional compensation level and inside the insurance industry you lose people the more they grow the more you develop people the more they have the same contract level as you you lose them to other companies that's why i never wanted to take my guys to a insurance conference to improve our education because i know there's sharks in the room is just going to try to recruit my guys from from my agency to their insurance agency and i see i see that happen also too in the real estate and in in, in, a, in a loan work in the mortgage world isn't it part of the the, the thing is that if you're going to learn you, you don't learn from other insurance people that you learn things that are differently because something that's common as dirt in one industry can have the effect of an atom bomb right and so i know you do a lot of things that are unconventional i do a lot of things that are unconventional so i, I think people think well i'm just going to go to a real estate trade conference or an insurance conference and maybe part of it too is if you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing you're not going to get that much result you may succeed because you have work ethic and it's a constant grind because i think in your business and i have several clients that do what you do in completely different insurance agencies and they all say the same thing nobody's buying the insurance they're buying you right so they're trusting you that you're going to give them the best plan for their family and it's, you know, it's that relationship. I, I think if you went anywhere else, they would buy you. So maybe it's not necessarily insurance company you're with. And of course it helps to have a good plan, but they're very similar all in, all in all. 
So it's a people driven, right? Relationship driven. Yeah. I, and I realized too, that what I was sharing with people, I wanted, I wanted to center it on a, a movement. I want to set around a message. And what was my message? That a lot of people in the middle income demographic, regardless if you're white, black, brown, you know, Latino, you know, uh, Asian, you know, Polynesian, whatever, because of lack of financial education, we are falling behind. We're falling behind on all the stats, all the demographics. Financial literacy is down, purchase of life insurance is down, home ownership is down. Wealth is is, is separating. There's a wealth gap. And I want to make sure I stand in the gap and close that wealth gap because the benefit of capitalism and, and the opportunity of being in business for yourself is without a college degree, without a sales or business background, I was able to self-learn business and I was able to learn insurance and it changed my life. And it's just not reserved for guys like me. It's not reserved for guys like you. It's reserved for anybody that says, you know, I want to bootstrap this whole thing, fund it and finance it myself and get promoted or advanced based on my own efforts and merit versus somebody's politics or bureaucracy. And a lot of people are, finding freedom in that journey too as well. And that's, and, and I wanted to make it more than just me because I was JT, I was helping hundred, 150 clients a year selling insurance. My best year, maybe three, 350, maybe $400,000 a year, which making $20,000 a year as a sergeant in the Marines, that was a lot of money. Man. But I realized that I could be in more different places. Now, I, JT, I got 3000 agents across the country, 40 offices instead of just one. My expenses are the same, even though my revenue is exponential. And we'll unpack that here in a minute. But I'm selling now three thousand policies a so month. Are, are you are you, are you making a million a, more than a million a year now? Oh, yeah, I'm make, I'm making two million dollars a year. Two million dollars a year. Um, take home, take home. So, I mean, how many people like you know, small money to you? I know, but uh, yeah, I know it's very. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but but my point is, I look at you, and I knew when I met you, you have something special. Not everyone has that personality uh that infectious that enthusiasm you know can people can, you look at it right you, you we look at kobe and jordan and and yeah. they're close but I, i'd say jordan's better but not everyone of course right, Tom, baby. Yeah, no, but not everybody could be yeah. them and not everyone can be you right but when they yeah. see you there's that kind of i think you have a book called faith-based millionaire am i correct is that yeah. the name? Yeah, see, I'm helping you out, bro. I'm helping you out, bro. I see that. I'm helping you out, right? And so, I mean, look at it. You're, you're like, you're like a, you're built like a tank. You know what I mean? And, um, but the, but the yeah, point I was is, when you remember, you knew me back then, man. It's a whole lot skinnier. You know, I, I don't know. Ago. Maybe I just see you now, so I have this illusion of like, yeah, you was always like that. So, um, but don't you think though that deep down, if someone sees you, they hear you speak, they're up there, you're motivating. They're like, I want to be him. You know, what does it take to be you? Because the chances are they're not going to be you. And I, I mean, we could just say, oh, yeah, you can be yourself and and be. But I'm just talking about to achieve that two million dollars, uh, you know, to to achieve that success. And we'll talk about how you infiltrated circle of influences of successful people afterwards. But you know, can they be you? Like, honestly, if you look down there, can they do what you do? That's question number one. And then I'll follow up with question number two. From, from a personal brand standpoint, you'll never be me and I'll never be you. I'll never be JT Fox. I'll never be Patrick or David, I'll never, but I could be me, right? So from a personal brand standpoint, no, you're not, you're not, not going to be like me. You're going to be you. But let's talk about from a business standpoint. If, if I just, just, just blindfold myself to the brand and looked at and unpacked the financial statements, JT, 3% of my personal production, my wife and I were both licensed, 3% of our revenue, of our, of our $2 million a year, affects our $2 million income. 97% of what Sheena and I do is all override passive income from building agencies by transferring systems and processes 
into Memphis, into Nashville, into Atlanta, into Jacksonville, Orlando, uh, uh, or Oregon. All the offense we got across the country. We have a system and a process that you can follow, and it's not personality-based. Now, social media may be personality-based, but JT, I got people that are X, I mean, uh, 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 Marcus and, and uh, Janice, X-ray tech and a chef from the South side of Chicago, making $26,000 with me last month. I got a, I got a guy that's a paramedic part-time. He has his wife who does medical sales part-time. He made $11,000. Okay, let's retired. talk about the ones that let's take, take this. Okay. So you have one that does well and you probably have a shitload that don't do well. The people that don't do well, right. Why are they not doing well? Like you take a look at yeah. it, say you break it yeah. down. You've heard it all. Why are people not doing well? If you have to break it down and be honest, say here, here's why you're not making it. Here's it. I do, do two things, and people not want to hear this. No, no, they Sil need to hear it. Silently, they're lazy. You know, you, you know, what's the first one? Silently, they're lazy, and uh, number two, because it's laziness, they're not disciplined. You know, uh, JT, I was, you know, uh, we both know this guy named Andrew Tate. I was having a conversation with him a couple of days ago. I said, so what type of people does Andrew Tate partner with? If I want to be a top G, how do how does that? Because a top G doesn't is not a top G unless he's got a team, unless he's got a crew. So who's who's a who's a top G type of guy with you? So first of all, one of my one of my BS filters is if they're over a certain age and they haven't made money yet and whatever that they're doing, there's something in that guy's character that nobody knows about, but he's very he's very lazy. So if you if you're already at a certain level in your life, a certain I'm sorry, age in your life, and you haven't figured out yet how to make money in this world of YouTube, in this world of I mean JT, when we're when we're doing our conferences in 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 Chicago, and and people coming in there. Uh, what we were selling for products at the back in the back of the room, people get today with 10, 15, 20 different gurus trying to sell your your thing, but they're selling it for free and they're going to pitch you at the end, but it's all online now. You don't have to go to a, a conference like what we had uh, set up back then. So the access to information available today, when, when you have an eight-year-old kid doing toy reviews, making millions of dollars a year, you have zero excuse not to be making money today. And the reason why you're not making money today and the reason why people come to PHP and see and, and they are not successful with PHP. Same thing with real estate. Same thing with any sales business. Is because silently you didn't want to do the work. You decided to have this peace and security. So you know what? Let me just get a check, man, because it's just safe. Let me just get a check, man, because they paid me benefits. Listen, I'm a United States Marine, and I could have sit there in an 18-month line with VA, ask for benefits. I'm, I could have been 80, 90, 100% disabled veteran. But listen, I figured out the money game, and I'm going to let some other veteran take my line, my, my spot in line because I don't want to bottleneck it because I figured out the money game. Let him get the benefits because he's lazy. Yes, veteran, you're lazy if you don't figure out this money game sooner than later. And that's a message that is not very popular, but that's the truth. So I'm going to ask you, since you, you brought Boch into Andrew Tate, you guys interviewed Andrew Tate, five-hour interview, press it to do a five-hour interview. I haven't listened to it yet. It's on my uh, – my. Uh, I just kind of want to see what everybody else was going to say. And then I tell you, I see all the negative shit people say, and then I listen to see does it confirm, right, what they say or – they're so, odd. So it's I, so funny. Right? So, I, I processed it the same way too as well. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I, I just, yeah. I, I just, you know, and so, cause I, I look at it from a, a different point of view, just like a movie. Like if a critic says it's, I'm trying to look for things. If they say it's bad, I'm trying to think what's good about it as well. And a lot of things are subjective. So there's a culture there and I'm on your, your social media right now. Okay. And what I, what I like about you uh, is that we're very similar aligned to, uh, in terms of theory, right? I, of course, I've got my celebrities, right? I'm giving a good content, right? And, and position myself that I know certain people because of who I do business. Then, and then 
you you mentioned Tate, and even in some other cases, you know, a PBD, right? The Ferrari, the houses, all that. I own all that shit. Yeah. Um, I have billionaire partners. Okay. Um, and so we become a world where no, maybe it's because we don't we don't have as many followers, it doesn't, but the audience that that attracts, right? If you took a look at the audience that attract, it's that young baller who think um a Bugatti and who think yeah a yacht who think a Ferrari or you think whatever um, is important. And I don't know about you. I, I have stuff. I couldn't care less about stuff. Right. And the message, yeah. it, 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 it's, it, it irks me a lot because the world's wealthiest people in the world take top 100 billionaires in the world, take top 400. There's not one of them who posts those things. And so we have a, 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 a people in a condition of selling things to other people, right? Cause ultimately that's what people are. Um, they have that message. So you don't do that. Let me ask you first, why don't you do that? Post, you know, all that fancy, expensive stuff, which I don't know if you own because you're always a humble guy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you own it, but what do you yeah. think about this posting of this stuff? Because it's a big problem right now on social media because it attracts a lot of the Fugazis, right? Okay. Like yeah, I'll yeah. give an example. They're saying Andrew Fugazi. Kate is working, right? It's yeah. the the fake. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I think initially we all want to, Drive those cars. That's what, by the way, let's play that card real quick. Let's say you are posting it. it. Would it attract the 24, 25-year-old version of Matt Zappalik? 100% it would. I, I remember in Wrigleyville, JT, I think I was maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. I remember Walter Payton driving in his Lamborghini Countach right across the street, right, you know, down the street from Wrigleyville because we just got out of a ball game. There's Walter Payton. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a dream car. Boom. And I saw Ferrari. I was, you know, a uh, uh, PT Magnum driving his Ferrari. And you got uh, uh, Kit with, uh, you know, uh, David Hassel. Cool cars. What kid, does, deep down inside of us, there's a little boy that still wants to have fun, no matter how old you get. And by the way, I, and I'm saying you got to grow up to be childish, but there's a attractive essence Matt, about being they weren't, But they childish. weren't selling anything. Walter Payton wasn't selling his course or his program or his events. To do that, that's the difference. Inspired. Right? I mean, I, I, here's the thing. I want to be inspired. I could, I, could, I could look at Jeff Jeff Bezos or Elon yep. Musk. I mean, only Musk doesn't spend any money. He lives in a lives in a cardboard box and when he go and he sleeps on other people's couches. But that's that guy's odd dude. Um, no, but he's, they're, they're just flying to space in their shuttles. Right. But that's right. But it, that, that's my point. It's just that. It, <laughs> but it sends the wrong message because the majority will never attend that. And if it's like buy my stuff and this you can be like me. That's really what it's right. That's the the we were talking about someone with the jets and the helicopters, right? Because they're defined by that. Every post is about that because your people are getting suckered in. And my question is, okay, let's play a fair game. I want to know how many people at this university drives a Bugatti. Yeah. Right. Or sure. how many people sure. like that's what I want to know. And the answer is probably going to be maybe zero, maybe one or two. How many people no. have a G5 plane? Right. Like I have partners that have a tremendous amount of wealth. And one of the reasons they do business with me specifically is they say, JT, you don't flash. We know you have. In fact, I pride myself on going Walmart. You know what? This is a Bucky's t-shirt on purpose. I don't know Bucky's. It's the greatest thing. You know, Bucky's. And they're great. The little jerky bar. And, and I love the business model. It's very fascinating. Yeah. But but my point is, is I look at you and and it's like, ah, uh, I get it. Like, it makes a pleasure to look at it. It's content. There's this and that. I, I just, I have a hard time with the, because what it is, is people, I know people, you know, people that have the cars that have this, they're either rented or they're upside down. I buy cars in my private equity, right? Where we bought cars and yeah. flip them because people can't, or the watches, 
right? Big shots with the Pateks and stuff like that, which I have all that, but I got to, you know, I get them for free because of how I work out deals. Nice. Um, yeah. But my point is I don't flash anyway. I never have flashed it on a social media because I think you have a lot of money when you own all that stuff, you don't have to show it, right? Yeah. And if you want to show it, it's because you either want people to compliment on you or they want to say that. So at some line, you know, the, the, you know, I, I think your representation is what I'm saying. Your social media is a much more real, accurate world of how to build a brand rather than what we now see. And that's what makes me mad a little bit because it sends the wrong message, right? Hot women, cars, uh, yeah, just, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, and, and also, right. I think, I think out of a hundred posts, maybe five or 10 might be my car. I mean, I own a couple Rolls Royces and my wife and I have a very, you know, we have a beautiful home. Um, I think there's, by the way, after a I see your time, green, I see your green outfits though. That I see a lot of that. Green. <laughs> you love the green. Uh, oh, by the way, sorry, you posted by your Mercedes van. So we're good on that too. That, that, <laughs> I haven't seen but no Rolls Royce yet. I'm, I'm yeah, going right. down. I see a sea yeah. of green though. I see a sea of green though. There's a lot of green. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, don't you think though that somewhat is somewhat misleading maybe? Um, it, yeah, it, it, it can be because, you know, if that's all you're doing, just flexing, 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 flexing. The, the question is, well, how are you earning it? If you, if you want to flex, knock yourself out. But teach people, you know, be if you want to be that exposed, then also be that same transparent. Like, you know, we're talking about a certain person uh, right, right before the, the, you know, we start recording. Like, okay, expose your stuff. We, we want to see how you got there. You're always flexing, you're always showing this stuff, but how you get it? And well, then when we- But a lot of it like, is by selling the shit that they're selling and people, it's like people sell programs online and they sell how- they, they make more money by selling program how to make online than doing it online. And not that I have a Correct. problem with people selling online. Yeah, it's I just, agree. Right? Yeah. Those are, and it and ruins those the industry. Like network marketing. I mean, how many people make unsubstantiated claims, which ruins it for everybody, and nobody calls it out because, A, they either don't want the confrontation, which I get, you know what I mean? And two, I don't know, maybe they get, get squashed or threatered. So I think there's not enough, you know, and then you had the woke world because most people, I don't even, I took, I'm the highest paid business coach in the world, right? By far. I took that off my profile because there's not one high net worth person. You know what they said? What, what the hell is this? Number one coach? Like, what is this? Like, I took that away because I found out a high net worth people, very high net worth, and I partnered with billionaires. They're not impressed that I speak. They're not impressed that I coach. They're impressed by my business abilities, right? And by the way, yeah. they check my social media. And so I made it a conscious point of like, who am I impressing? Now, I may not have the biggest following, but they're very engaged and I've had them for a very, very long time. Um, but kind of maybe the, the, you know, in a different way of faith is my faith is, Hey, it's going to be hard. Most don't make it. And you know what? The idea is don't spend all the money, that stuff, invest that stuff. Like it, it's like when I, when I met you, the fundamentals were very, Hey, work hard. Don't spend money on stupid stuff. Keep reinvesting in yourself. Right. And you know, eventually you'll grow. And now there's that, Hey, I start a business. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to start an insurance agent. I'm going to be successful from day one. Uh, I'm going to start Real estate, day one, I'm going to get deals. There, the Instagram has, in fact, ruined it, or and TikTok or everything that has broken down success in 30 seconds. And so, yeah. my question to you is: yeah. Is this a road that forever is going to be? Um, yeah, it, it will be. It will be. And then the people that are viewing it, people that are watching it, have to be very discerning. But who, who's the wannabes versus the actuallys? You know, at that real estate conference, one of the real estate conferences you and I were speaking at in Chicago, I was overhearing you have a car. I was walking down the hallway. I was overhearing you have a conversation with somebody in pass. Uh, you were having a one-on-one. -on -one. I was in passing. 
And he was, and he was thinking about, you know, uh, investing in real estate. And he, he went, I want to do this. I want to do this. And you were very engaged with him. And you asked him very, a very simple question. I heard it all the way down the hall. So how many deals have you got? <laughs> well, 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 none. Well, how do you expect to be, live the life you want to live? You got no deals in a hopper. And so you, you're calling it is something somebody, I would say, by the way, and I still say it to this day, funny enough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, but I was like, but, or people say, hey, I want to do 100 multi units. Well, how many deals done? None. You can't go to the major leagues. Who's going to give you money? But I will tell you this the gurus who sell the apartments say anybody can do it. And that's my fundamental problem. I, I don't want to be a guru. Like it, it just, it, you know, it doesn't feel good. I, you know, listen, if I was in your space, I'd probably dominate it too. But it's hard to dominate because in your industry, you're a hero. But to the outside world, they look at us and say, are we mainstream? Which is probably why now you're diversifying into all other businesses and, and things like that, especially with the with the money that you make. Um, you know, but, I, you know, I, I take a look at the Andrew Tate. There are things that make sense that, you know, people yeah. would never admit in public, Right. And then there are things that are just this, but it's the, it's almost a message that probably if young people act like that, they're going to get slaughtered in the real world. (laughs) Right. I mean, you're not, you're not going to have some punk coming up to you. And and I think that's the the fundamentals, you know, uh, I think are almost forgotten because there's an expectation now they make, they glamorize business as being fun. Um, I, want to, I want to ask you a question I, because I, I had the social media post and I got a, I got a lot of razz for it because it's just business etiquette. Like you don't learn business etiquette from social media posts, but you learn business etiquette by being in in meetings. So, for example, JT, you and I have you, you never knew me, and um, you're you're thinking about doing business with me, uh-huh. right? We're having business lunch, and next you know all these hot, attractive women, the server, hot, attractive. Hi, bro, JT, you check her out, bro. Look at that. Oh, damn. and you know I'm married. You know I'm married. Look, bro, JT, check her out. Dude, snap it next. Boom. Oh, JT, you see her, man? Dude, I love being in business. Let's do business together, JT. Let me ask you this question. Would you take me seriously? Uh, if it, you know, listen, it's like with the Trump thing and the common, the grabbing, right? If everyone in, what, listening to this or watching would tell me that if I put a recording on you that you haven't said anything wrong, derogatory, oh, racist, or anything like that, that you probably wouldn't say in public, they're hypocrites, right? They're probably the biggest sinner. And people say, well, I'm not running for president. Neither was the president. Hate him or like 2016, he didn't know he was going to run for president. Now, with that being said, if your book, Faith-Based Millionaire, right, based on your book and you did that, you'd have a problem. If it was your book like that, you know, I mean, because listen, I, you, I'm around very powerful, successful people, and I know how they act, and I know what kind of agreements. Which, if I divulged it to behind the scenes, be like, yeah, that's how people are. Very successful mm-hmm. people, they do what they want, right? But to the average person, it, it it's yeah. completely different. But yes, with your book, uh, no, I wouldn't do business without the book. I, I'd probably give you the benefit of the. I, I don't know if I give benefit of the doubt, but it wouldn't be a deal killer because then it's like a priest or a minister telling me I, or a politician that I should uh, abide by certain rules of family value and you're hooking up with your assistant, right? That's the hypocrisy of people. Yeah. Um, yep. Right. That's it. And so, so now let's talk about this. So you happen to infiltrate yourself very much into PBD's life. Who's very successful, uh, a guy at my level. Um, and you, you've, uh, you've infiltrated yourself, uh, you know, whether it's a Christmas vacation or, on stage or the ability even trust you to, Hey, interview this celebrity. And I know that because we spent a lot of money on it. Um, 
we spent a lot of money on these things. I got my last one in November and I know how much I'm spending. And so he gives you the spotlight, which I have done too, which on one hand, it elevates your profile tremendously. Um, but if a guy screws you over and it does happen because everybody thinks they could do it themselves. So, um, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's happened to him before because it's happened to me a few times. How did you infiltrate yourself? So people, listen to people there. They want to get into very yeah. successful people, whether me, him, somebody like us to go from, in essence, unknown to in the circle. First, I asked them, PBD, there's a certain level I want to attain in my life. I'm, at that time, I was 42 years old. I'm 42 years old. You know, whatever I did in my 20s and 30s that's behind me, I need to know right now how I need to get to where I want to go. And I'm willing to take the coaching. And uh, I gave him that latitude. I said, forget what, what I've done before. Forget the money smart guy. Forget the whole thing. I want to start. Let me empty my cup. And let me, pour, let me take what I know experience wise, but let me get your wisdom. Let me get your expertise and let me prove myself on your platform. And at that time, there's goals that certain milestones that people never hit in the company. And I just started methodically just knocking them down. Boom, boom, boom. Just knocking down sales goals, knocking down these metrics, knocking down, just compressing timeframes because I, I believe in, you know, Patrick boils it down to four things. Anybody can say every day I outwork you. Sure. But how long can you outwork you? How long can you out strategize? How can you out improve? The fourth one is how can how long can you outdo all those things but outlast me? And I think for a lot of people, I outlasted them because when people are pulling up on Fridays and Saturdays, I was still working. When people are pulling up on holidays, I was still working. When, when people pulling up on vacations, I was still working. I was, so I was outlasting. So I was just compressing timeframes. So I earned the sweat equity of, of, of the goals that we hit. And I never asked for Patrick for anything after that. I said, just give me a shot. Give me a platform. And if you wanted to award me, if you wanted to, I never asked him, hey, can I interview that? I never asked him. I never asked him to surprise me with a uh, with the, with the $20,000 Rolex. He just surprised me. Uh, I never had J uh, I never had a pair of J's, JT. I never had a pair. Of, we're from Chicago. I never had a pair of J's until I was 42 years old. And that's because Patrick awarded me my first pair of J's. It was delayed gratification, my pretty much my early, you know, 20s and 30s until my early 40s. So, so number one is just coachability. And if you read the forward of my book that's written by Patrick, he says that's the, my number one attribute is just coachability. Uh, I just don't think I, I'm better. Lots of times people get to a million dollars a year, shoot, 100,000 a year, 500,000. They think they're better than everybody. Because I know when much is given, much is expected. I don't think my, my belief system, when much is given, there's a test. What are you going to do with this? Because if you're not doing anything with this, I'm going to take it away. Well, what was so the relationship? Sure. What was the relationship turning moment? So he's giving you stuff and probably because you're an earner and you're making money and and smart of him to incentivize his people by, you know, appealing to your sense of, hey, I like shoes and hey, I'd like to have a watch. And um, yeah. so the brilliant as a business, I could see him there. There's a difference between, hey, you're a high earner versus now we're building a relationship. What was the turning point? Where a friendship developed. I ma imagine you're friends, right? I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, you sure. guys spend Christmas yeah. together. So I didn't get an invite in uh, Wyoming, and <laughs> not that I. It was there's enough snow in Chicago for me not to want to go anywhere where there's snow. Uh, you just yeah. decided to go a place with more snow, which should just yeah. stay in Chicago. But what was the 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 moment that changed? Uh, like the friendship that that if you remember, like this is where it kind of started. We got connected with the same guy we respect the most, which is a pastor. So a pastor referred me to him and. He referred me to Patrick. So this oh, so you began so friends before you you switched over, or you were working with him, and then you got connected. We were working with the pastor, independent of each other, and because we share the same value system. Right, right. But were, were you part of the insurance company? No, 
So, so that you're saying the friendship started before you working for, for that. Our friendship started with a, a common pastor. We know. No, no, no. But the true friendship that the, the being inside the circle, there's a difference with the, yeah, we're buddies with stuff like that inside the circle where you are with him, putting you on stage, putting you on his podcast. Like the moment that infiltrated the circle of influence. I would say that maybe a couple of years, you know, a couple of years into the relationship. He's, I, Cause I know I respect the fact that he's probably got to vet me out and check me out and see that this money changed this guy. Yeah, you proven know? or the savior proven, yeah. right? Or yeah. you're going to ask for things, right? There's nothing worse than being in a circle asking for stuff, right? So it's kind of like when you don't ask, it's kind of confusing. You want to give more. That's what people don't understand, right? I like, I you have the world's most successful people. You know, I know Oprah and I know Stedman and it took me nine years to get to Oprah. And people are like all the time, hey, can you introduce me to Oprah? I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Here, here's a phone number. Like, it's, <laughs> just like, like it took me nine years and somehow I'm building a relationship. Somehow I'm just going to give it to you, right? Because mm -hmm. people have no situational awareness. But you can't recall a moment that was like, you know, you knew you were in the circle. I, I, I'd say after two years, but I don't, re I don't recall. I just know just coming through. Um, we work together on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, every day, if not every other day, we're constant communication. So he knows me. He knows my family. He knows my children. You know, knows my parents. I know his parents. I know. I know his children. His wife. So I just over time, JT. I think it just started. It just started coming like this. And, you know, uh, Patrick keeps a very, 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 very small circle. So, you know, when when that invite to Christmas and invite, invite to, you know, meet uh, uh, Trump at Mar-a-Lago, you know, I knew I was in a very, maybe that's probably it. When I got invited to to Mar-a-Lago to Amanda, that's only maybe three years ago to, you know, to, to have a conversation. So, um, but it was, I think it's just a certain building. He never posted. He may he posted went to Mar-a-Lago, but I don't think he posted a picture with the president. Is it like political reasons and the climate? We, at that time? we, we had to put our phones in a magnetic bag. No way. Yeah. Yeah. We put it, yeah, it's, it's zero, zero. It was, it was a, one of those meetings. There, yeah. there wasn't no like picture at the end photographer. Zero media. Zero media. No. Was, well, was, you know, sometimes they have their own photographer to take a picture. So you did that meeting without that picture. Were you in? So you were in that meeting too. You'd be like, "Yeah, and I was like, you're, I'm being, like, you're a fantastic guy. You're huge. <laughs> we're gonna build three walls with you. You're that big. We're gonna make you great. We love insurance. Insurance is great. We're gonna make insurance great again. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna make. We're gonna. I'm going against Sleepy Joe. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's. So you take a look at that, and you said something to me. I don't know if you said it live or you said before. But he says, "I'm comfortable being number two. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are not, right? They look at the ego. They start counting money of more successful. I have a great CEO. She has no desire to be me. She's the best number two, in fact, you know, which makes always the number one look good. Tell me about that, about that you're okay being number two, right? Where, we, or, where you're surrounded by two people behind you, mm -hmm. right? Who wanted to be number one and wanted to be the best, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I look at, uh, you know, look at the movie Gladiator, you know, you got General Maximus Aurelius, right? The Maximus, yeah. And he was serving, he was serving the emperor. And I think that's my, how I'm wired, JT. I think that's where I best serve in the, in an empire. You come serve you know? me, man. I'll, I'll take some of that serving. <laughs> by the way, by the way, but I ain't feeding you, man, because you're a big guy. So that's gonna cost. Money. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna send you a pair of re uh, the the pumps, the Reeboks, you know, <laughs> the little. Pump. There you go. That's it. And 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 uh, you know, I, I buy you know, and I have to work on at this stage of my life. I still have to work on being a better visionary. I still have to work on being a better operator. I still have to work on being a better um, a delegator because I still like doing a lot of things. 
I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to create sy more systems and processes, not just building sales teams. So I think just that's just my evolution, JT, uh, at this stage. It might change in the next five or 10 years. But then again, you got, you got you know, you know guys that have the capacity. I mean, there's there's entrepreneurship and then there's entrepreneurship. Look at uh, yeah. uh, Ball, Steve Ballmer. He made, he's, a 30, he's worth $30 billion, and he never started a business. He just worked for uh, Gates. Yeah. So, so uh, are guys becoming wealthy, partnering on a platform, or having to start things completely on, on, on their own? And so I, I just realized well, part of the, you're, you don't have an ego, really. Like that's part of the, your, like, I mean, if you have an ego, but not, um, you know, you're okay being validated. You're okay not being the main guy, but ultimately when the main guy validates you, you're kind of are, but you're okay with yeah. that. Like you have no, because yeah. that, that, a, a lot of jealous people, I mean, it's part of the problem with people's success. <laughs> Everybody wants the gun of the person at the top, right? Which is why successful people have very small circle for that very reason, right? Yeah. Cause you, you, it's, it's hard because. You know, there's nothing more than being betrayed that just sucks, you know, just or, or someone that just you, you gave so much. And, you know, for example, let's say you were working for him, you've done all these things for you. And all of a sudden you're like, still, his people have started his business, which happens all yeah. the time. And then you yeah. basically don't give credit rather than, you know, and I think a lot of people do that. I don't know. It, it just things that maybe values in the entrepreneur worlds or, or, or set of values. Think about religion whatever religion people are there's a set of values that whether people follow or not there's a code it doesn't seem to be a code in business you know it just or there's Correct. little tidbits about number one quality i look for is loyalties first and foremost right effort mm -hmm. ambition drive persistence um no excuses like follow up follow through like these are none of, being on time none of these things cost money Right. Correct. And doing what you say you're going to do. Like, you know, like I, I, I slept two hours last night. I was delayed. I worked on a huge deal in the Caribbean and I looked at my schedule. Right. And, you know, should you want to reschedule? You got to go and sign some documents because you were delayed. And I said, no, I mean, this is something we've been waiting for for 45 days. And she says, well, you know, who is this person? I said, this is a person that I personally reached out to interview and, and he's busy and I'm not going to disrespect my time because I have something else that I need to do. And he goes, JT, it's going to delay the closing millions of dollars. I don't care. My word yeah. is my bond. Find somewhere else. Find something else. Because I'm not going to be like, and sure, you've been, yeah, sure, we'll redo it. But I knew in my heart the code would have been, the code would have been broken because it, it, it just would have sacrificed. It would just show it to me a douche. Just like if you had rescheduled 10 minutes before, I would have been, I, you know, no matter what the excuses, I probably would have been like, okay, good story. You know? Yep. Code. That's it. What's your code? Yeah. My, my, yeah, that's at the top where there's is loyalty. And by the way, people have left me. People have left me. People have tried stealing my my agents. That that, that happens. That it sucks. Happens. That. It really sucks, right? Yeah. It does because it just yeah. you know it doesn't feel good because you, you on one hand you want to be good to people, right? And you are good, and then it's like they just don't appreciate. It. And and someone taught me this is I help everyone, but I have no expectations. So if I get disappointed, I didn't have any expectation because. Most people are loyal to the opportunity or loyal to the money. Um, I'm loyal to the individual. And if there are many times there are things that make me more money that I turn down, but if I gave my word, I gave my word. And, and, you know, maybe that's why I'm not richer in, in some cases, um, yeah. you know, but it just says you can't be bought. So yeah. some people, the people that left me, the, the, the message to me is they could be bought. It's true. That's a very good point. Uh, they, they, you know, I mean, and then, and then you have to ask yourself too, as well, did you just teach everybody that you recruited away from me? that's how you go about life because they, in other words it's if it's okay for you it's going to be okay for them so they're going to build this large sales team with you people that you robbed from me well guess what eventually they're going to end up doing to you 
they're going to eventually listen to somebody else and bend their ear because you did it. And so I was, I was thinking about that too, as well. You know, uh, I don't, I give, but I expect, but I just get, I get let down when people quit on me. It's a form of getting fired. I'm okay with being fired. It just tells me I got to get better. And it sure it sucks, but, but I'm also more confident and I'm attracting more people than would ever think about quitting on me. So that that's that's where that's where my confidence lays. I know I'm going to get up every morning. And somebody told me, so Matt, when are you going to stop recruiting? When are you going to stop building? When are you going to stop never. developing people? Like, never, never. I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah, you never stop. You never stop. Uh, two more questions. Uh, which last one's going to be about your book, so that people are listening here. So, you and I had not been in touch until like a month ago, where I just randomly sent you a text. I'm like, hey, you know what I mean? I was like, I hope you remember. <laughs> um, and so. Sure. You said you had hurt, and I know I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. I know that I was young, I was arrogant, I was cocky, I was direct to the point. But at the end, nah. you know, nah. Nah. but I was. I mean, I admit, I mean, I was. But I, my, my partners who are some very wealthy people in Chicago, I remember saying, "You lose money, we're not investing in you anymore." So I had this fear of losing. So I was just like on top of it. That's what people don't understand. Now it's like win some, lose some. Like Michael and Kobe, I hate like them. I hate losing more than I love winning. Winning is desensitized me. But if I lose, it bothers me because then I knew I did something wrong or or, or something I could do better. So uh, you said you had heard about me. What did you hear so people can hear? What, what was the word about JT? How, how would you describe when you first met me to, to now? Because we haven't talked in 10 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, those words, cocky, arrogant, brash. But again, just like you mentioned moments ago, I'm like, okay, that's what everybody else says. Let me meet this guy for myself. And then we're sharing the same platform together. And I hear you speaking. I'm like, you know what? That's a, I, I love a guy like that. I love a guy that's cocky. I love a guy that's arrogant. He's confident about himself. So, you know, for some people, I mean, if I'm in a locker room and these guys are cocky and arrogant, and more importantly, they're willing to put their work ethic behind those words, that's a dangerous guy. You know what? People get intimidated by the no BS, right? Like the, 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 if you, it's like, tell me the truth. You shouldn't be an entrepreneur. I'm just sorry. Stay at your job. You don't have what it takes. Or the passion. You're lazy. Whatever it is, and then they mm -hmm. turn into haters. They start arguing with you, and I'm like, you know, then do it. You know, and I think everybody believes in the freedom of speech until they disagree with you, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's it, the, the, that's the world we're living today. Well, the Can't thing is, you know, for example, my, my wife and I, we we, we go through uh, couples counseling, and we we, that's, we invest in that mm -hmm. because. We're both married and we're running a business together. Sometimes yeah. those lines get fuzzy and the, the counselor helps us with skills and, and we are able to process issues. And, you know, the, the thing with me going to therapy and having counseling is not for their, not for that counselor to change my wife. I go to the counseling session, just like I've done to any coach. Hey coach, what do I need to do? What do, how do I get, how do I get better? And so I think that's where a lot of people don't like that mirror. You know, a majority of your problems can be solved if you take ownership of it. Like some of you guys didn't like hearing the fact that most people fail because they're lazy. But this is, by the way, people don't like capitalism because capitalism forces you to improve. The reason why you don't get promoted because you haven't improved yourself. The reason why you miss out on opportunity because you didn't improve your skills to identify an opportunity. And when presented yourself, you never took advantage of it because you don't have it. You didn't save money. You were you were not disciplined with your finances next you know an opportunity comes your way and you miss out on it because who are you, who are you blaming the person that called you out on your laziness you should be blaming yourself you should be taking ownership of your current disposition good or bad don't get bitter you get better 
And I think with more people decide to get better and improve themselves in a situation, for example, when my wife and I get in an argument, I'm reflecting myself, shit, what did I say? How can I get better in this argument? And first is saying, well, you should have done this. If you didn't do that, I wouldn't react like that. No, it's a cop hard. out. That's a hard thing to do. So very, very hard. Yeah, very hard to do. Very hard. Because you're looking at yourself rather than being defensive, which is a hard thing to do because everybody wants to be right. Often they want to be right, but they don't want to get it right. That's different. It's more important for them to be right than get it right or make the situation better. Last question. Uh, your book is out. Um, the Orange Nation. Is it a, how come it's not a green? How much is not green? What's up with not being green? <laughs> When I think millionaire, the first thing I was thinking about gold. You know, I was just think about gold. And yeah, that green, green's your brand. Everything is about use green. So I'm surprised you didn't say green. I'm very disappointed you. And you're not even really wearing a very colorful green jacket. Green, green, green's in the <laughs> no, but it's not the same. It's not the same thing. It's not like I can see you from where you are now uh, yeah. there as well. So what's the premise of the book? Because let's let's just assume I don't believe in God, right? Uh, yeah. There's five thousand religions. You know, yeah. everyone has a different opinion. Um, so let's go with that assumption to people to be listening or they have a different, you yeah. know, and sometimes faith is so forced into people's throats sometimes that it actually pushes them back. So why does this book, um, does it apply to just anyone or you have to be religious or what if you're not or applies to anyone? Because regardless, if you believe in a God or a creator, you still got to have faith in yourself. And so the premise of the book is not religious based. It's not based on Jesus, it's not based on Muhammad, it's not based on any particular religion. There's there's self-made, there's team-made, and then there's faith-made. And I think every entrepreneur goes through a, a season of having to dig down and build their faith, faith in their abilities, faith in their skills, faith in their dream, faith and faith in the hope that they see that I'm going through this process that a better day, a better light, a better financial future is ahead of me. That's faith. And I learned about faith when I was in when I was in the Marine Corps, and uh, a, a brother uh, uh, in the Navy. He walked by me. He's, he's, I call him Brother White uh, and Brother Johnson. They walked to me. I was I was putting my armor together and putting my army in a helicopter because you know the, the, the uh, Somalis were shooting up, and I don't want them to hit me through the back. And you know that'd be a you know bad way to land the aircraft and and be dead on the way on the way down. So he asked me, "Hey, if if, if you don't come back tonight, where would you end up?" I was like, are, "Are you talking about heaven?" Says, well, I, I I believe in God. So the, the the idea is in the process of me following my faith, I found a higher calling. I found a higher purpose. I found out what my business is meant to serve. And if people dictate themselves, I found if people dictate themselves to a certain milestone or a certain dollar amount, they stop. But if you're dictated to a purpose, a reason why you're alive, and what's, what's the saying? The the two most important days to a man is the day that he was born, and the second second day is the reason why he was born. And through understanding money, understanding entrepreneurship, I figured what I figured how I was born and how that faith has led me to where I am today and how people could be led following their faith, not necessarily God or Jesus or any religious uh, religion that matter. If they give a shot to following their faith versus what's the alternative, JT? The alternative is following your fear. And we all know where that goes. So if you feed your faith, you're going to find yourself a much greater financial future uh, another version of yourself that's cheering along. You're going to find your purpose if you follow your faith. Well, everyone, check out Amazon, Faith-Based Millionaire. I'll also put a link in the comments for you guys to uh, check it out. Ten, We haven't talked in 10 years. It's like, just like, <laughs> like we had never left. That's the thing about guys. Like we could talk 10 years later. It's like nothing ever happened. Let's catch up on things. 
Um, but some women, they like to call every day, every, how was your day today? You have a good day today? You have a good day today? What'd you do today? I'm like, and so, but it's, it's amazing to see uh, that progression and your success stories. I knew when I met you, uh, I knew you'd do things, um, but you did it in a different way, uh, which means there are many different paths to a destination, um, but just don't quit. You know, there's many different paths. Just don't quit. Just keep pushing. Pick up Matt's book and, uh, you know, get inspired by it. That is Matt Sapala. Thank you so much for being on the show. Check him out on social media. That's it for today. That was a great interview as well. I mean, listen, uh, Pacino, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, they're, they've kind of been put to shame today by the great Matt Sapala. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, Come man, on, here's, baby. And here's the thing, too. You know, there's nothing wrong with being number two. Just ask Avis, right? So um, I always said something about number two. I want to be number two so we can make you number one. So, um, and, and that was a, a, a quote that I once came up with a long time ago as well. And I have to tell you a part two, the story of when we first met, what happened on that as well. That's a whole other story we'll put together. Wow. Well. Great success story, great inspiration. And, um, and, um, we're gonna have to do this again. So thank you, man. 100%. Maybe uh, you have my, you have my YouTube channel next time. Oh, now, now you want me on your YouTube. Now, now he wants me, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> I have to have it on my mind first, too. Well, we'll talk <laughs> off air. That's it. We got to go. Check the link below. Thanks for being on. Remember to like, subscribe, do everything. And thank you for your service again. Thank you, anyone who served this country. Um, it's a, wherever you are in the world, because I think it's, uh, I think everyone likes to, uh, Everyone likes freedom, but they don't like to do what it takes to do freedom. And 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 um, we should never forget the people who, in any field, um, who put their lives on the line to protect the lives of others. And, and that cannot be said enough. I know sometimes people put it in parentheses. They say it, but you need to live it and you need to believe it as well. So thank you so much, Matt. We'll see you Love. next time.